<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. I've tried to be fair to you creatures. Now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not my gumdrop button. All right, then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know... Gary. The Muffin Man? Gary Hoffman. Yes. Shannon. Tell me if you've seen her. She always bring the racket like Venus and Serena. Shannon Farron. This is about to get weird. Gary and Shannon. Let's begin this new chapter together. And let's start the work right now. You know now. it's fine, I go... Would you like to hear some baseball trivia? Sure. I thought I'd start off the week with uh, with something you enjoy. Yes. On this day in 1956, Don Larson pitched the only perfect game in World Series history. This day, oh, in night, okay, World Series, got yeah. it. All right, not fun. Yeah, it's a good thing. I found out some bad things about uh, about baseball last night. Um, we should really unpack this. Well, this is a huge bombshell in your in your life. Ah, uh, you think you know people? Uh, I've known my mom for like forty five years, and last night she told me she's a Dodgers fan. Your mother last night told you last night that she is a Dodgers fan. Well, here's the thing. We're watching the game. We're watching the Dodgers play the Braves, and the Braves go up 5-0. And I was like, this is bad news for the Dodgers. And I said it exactly like that. Exactly like that. Finding a little bit of joy. I mean, if I grow up a Giants fan, I have to take a little bit of joy in the fact that the Dodgers were losing 5-0. And she turns to me and she says, well, who are you rooting for? And I said, Mom, I'm... You can't root for the Dodgers, so by de facto, I'm rooting for the Braves. Who are you? What are you talking about? Who am I? I'm a Giants fan. How does she not know that? Well, she knows that, but then she says, well, I'm a Dodgers fan. How does this not come up in 45 years? I don't know. I mean, when I was a baby, this was the first thing that came up with my parents and I. You are going to be a 49er fan. Exactly. And the conversation was had every day since then. How has this not come up? I don't know. How are you feeling about it? She said, I can remember when the Dodgers moved out to California. I remember when they moved to Los Angeles in 1958. And I said, but that's fine. But guess who also moved out to California in 1958? Um, I didn't allow them to spend the night last night. Yeah? I said, I'm sorry. The moose outside should have told you? This is a... uh... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's, but I, that's great. The, my favorite thing about last night's game, about watching that, was Max Muncy's home run on oh, that yeah. curveball that was about eye level. 
his swing on that thing and he knew it when he hit it, I don't even, I can't imagine what that feels like. I just can't imagine what it feels like to know that you hit a home run 400 some odd feet. I can't imagine what it feels like to miss four field goals and an extra punt or extra extra point, point. excuse me. Yeah. Well, I mean, how does that happen? Well, how do you how do you end that day? You by cleaning out your locker. That's how you end the day. You don't wait for them to call you into the office to tell you. But you know we're going to go a different he's direction. Accurate. I mean, he's uh, twelve years in the NFL, and except fine. for like one off in twenty twelve. I think he had a bad year. He was kicking he'll like sixty percent somewhere else. That's the thing is kickers. You, he, he'll stay. He, he's like BFFs with Aaron Rodgers. He's not going anywhere. You think so? Yeah, I think they stick by him. Hey, there's a bunch going on. Right now, as a matter of fact, we've been listening to uh, the opening of a gubernatorial conversation. Why are we calling it a conversation? Because is it P- is it anti-PC to say debate? Is debate too harsh of a word? Now it's got to be a conversation. Yes. Debate is a trigger word. To debate who? Because, listen, we are so... I hate this state. If we start getting into this, I, we, we are move. so completely we should move. run by emotions now we should move the whole show it should terror it we should be terrified where would you move to the show besides vegas i don't know outside of vegas why do you say vegas i don't know it's just, it's quick some of the big stories today that crash like you were telling handle that killed 20 people in upstate new york was preventable um, this was a limo that failed an inspection. This was a driver that was not properly licensed. There's no way that should have been on the road. Also, President Trump saying today he doesn't have plans to fire Rod Rosenstein. Of course, Rod Rosenstein's job security was on the line when we found out that he may or may not have had conversations about taping the president to expose chaos. Um, that's a, that I would have, man, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. For that whole thing. Well, this may be the last day that we say the name Brett Kavanaugh for a while. After a couple weeks of saying Brett Kavanaugh more than we've said Gary and Shannon. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh finally confirmed on Saturday, 50 to 48 vote. He was sworn in immediately as the 114th Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. They're going to do a ceremonial. I think they're, a ceremonial thing tonight is planned at the White House in the East Room, sort of a celebration. Happens and at then, 4 o'clock hour time. 4 o'clock hour time, because the president right now is in Florida. The, um, the actual job, I mean, he gets fitted for the robe and sits in the chair tomorrow and starts hearing uh, arguments before the court. Are there different robe sizes, or is it a one-size-fits-all situation? There's a, there's a robe. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, or Sonia Sotomayor, you have the dicky, the the, uh, the tatted... The doily? Doily, thank you. Dicky is a little bit more masculine. The doily that hangs out over your robe, and then the chief justice, I think, is the one who has the stripes on his robe. How do you get your specific robe? I mean, is it like scrubs where you go to, like, um, you know, there's services that, that do different designs of scrubs oh, and know, sizes? That's or a good question. You know what, I'm going to... I, I assume yeah, let's it's put like, Nick on this. Yeah, Nick, Nick, you need to figure out who makes what goes Supreme on with the robes, robes. And or any judge for that matter. Is it the same people that make the uh, the robes for the for the Pope? Are they are they the or same is it quality the same deal for high school graduations? Uh, again, this is we need to know all I think about. Justin's does it. <laughs> <laughs> they do class rings. Oh, they throw in a class. Yeah, ring. they do. They do justice robes also. I think uh, the couple <clears throat> interesting things that I saw about all of this is that people are more outraged and feel better about their outrage than I've ever seen in my lifetime, and they are saying uh, that that outrage is what they're acting as if that outrage is what makes them a good person. 
And if you could be more outraged about this confirmation to the Supreme Court, then somehow you're morally superior to people who are not outraged by this. I would suggest we played almost the entire Susan Collins speech on Friday because we were she was the one who was sort of um, she she was the one who was going to be the deciding vote, at least at that point. And her speech, you may disagree with her conclusion to vote in favor of Brett Kavanaugh, but her speech was one of the most thoughtful, well put together, reasoned speeches on the entire subject of Brett Kavanaugh that we have ever heard. And in fact, rose to the level of one of the greatest speeches that we've heard on the Senate floor. Again, you don't have to agree with her. That doesn't matter. Your feelings may have even been hurt by the fact that she voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. But it was a brilliant speech. And her job, she showed that what she was tasked with as a senator was to advise and consent. And that's exactly what she did. And she laid it out in a 45-minute speech. Judicialshop.com apparently is a big supplier of judges' robes. And they range in, in price from $75 to $500. Ooh, you want to get the 500 ones because I would uh, assume you want me you'd to want tell it. you what, what, what the $500 Is it lined? Well, it with- says uh, this stands out as the most elite in terms of style. It features decorative shoulder braids, draped no. yoke, cuffs yeah. with buttons, hand fluting, uh, and fully lined sleeves. Hand fluting. I. What is hand fluting? It's some sort of a sewing thing, I assume. It's the highest quality lyric fabric. I don't. That doesn't strike slits, me as pocket slits. That doesn't strike me as something that. Uh, Do you think in their sleeves they, they have like a little where you could put your cell phone in there? Oh no. Like where you could tie up. In, in fact, there? I don't because think because when when I graduated from high school and college. They had a weird sew in there where it inadvertently made a pocket. And we'd tuck our hand up in there. I don't there. think you can bring phones into the Supreme Court. Well, they do other things in the robes, don't they? There's no. judges that watch oh. porn during trials. Not sh- in the Supreme Court, they don't, lady. Uh, fluting is a groove or set of grooves forming a surface decoration. There you go. Coming up next. Oh, I wanted to tell you also, I, I want to play for you just when we come back. The what... Dr. Ford's lawyer says she wants to do now. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) Hey, you want to win some money? Yes, $1,000. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. And you want to answer the phone, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is next hour, sometime between... uh, about 05, 05 in the radio biz. 11.05 and uh, 11.20. Tell me something, uh, girl. Are you going to cry if I play that? Stop doing that. I'm just asking. I'm going to go see it tonight. Uh-huh. You have a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, from 5 a.m. to 6.20 right here on KFI. And in the bad times, oh, my God. It's already myself. happening. No, she's tearing up. Some of the stories we're keeping an eye on, the uh, Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. Obviously, there's going to be an event later on this afternoon 
in the White House, a, a celebratory event for Kavanaugh. Dodgers uh, playing again in Atlanta tonight. They still lead that series 2-1. to one. They need to win a third one to move on to the National League Championship Series take on the Brewers. Other big news today, Gary's mom is a Dodgers fan. Mm. And a, a bad uh, referendum on phone calls coming to us from the Nobel Prizes this year. Uh, the first Nobel Prize winner we talked about last week did not answer his phone. He found out from his son who called him. Now we've got another winner uh, in economics. He ignored two telephone calls. He thought they were spam. Nobody picks up the phone anymore. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's like, well, just, just text me. I would assume. Please don't call. Please don't burden me with uh, a, a, an actual phone call. If you're in the realm of you know, high-level Nobel laureate-type research and work, maybe this, you know, maybe that first week of October you pay attention. Just, you know, hey, I know that it's not likely, but maybe somebody submitted my name for a Nobel Prize. So maybe I'll just answer the phone all week, just on a whim. Yeah, no, nobody picks up the phone anymore. Either I win $1,000 from KFI or I win the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to pick up the phone even from numbers I don't recognize. Um, I just wanted to throw this in there about the Brett Kavanaugh thing. So I saw this uh, Saturday, but I I guess the interview itself was done on Friday. Deborah Katz, one of the lawyers for Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, was asked on CNN about any regrets maybe Dr. Ford might have had. Have you heard any regrets from her about coming out the way she did? I don't think she has any regrets. I think she feels like she did the right thing. And uh, this was what she wanted to do, which was provide this information to the committee so they could make uh, the best decision possible. And I think she still feels that that was the right thing to do. So I don't think she has any regrets. One of the things that we've been seeing is uh, Democrats running for Congress on on an impeachment platform, suggesting... If maybe if they can't impeach the president, they're going to impeach his new Supreme Court justice, which is technically possible, but in all reality is never going to happen. But the CNN reporter, I think it was Dana Bash at this point, had Dana Bash, sorry, had asked this lawyer, what does Dr. Ford want? If Judge Kavanaugh becomes Justice Kavanaugh, or even if he stays on the, the federal bench he's on now, would Professor Ford like impeachment proceedings to begin? Professor Ford has not asked for anything of the sort. What she did was to come forward and testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee and agree to cooperate with any investigation by the FBI. And that's what she sought to do here. So no, she's not going there on impeachment? No. She does not want him to be impeached? No. I really hope they don't trot her out and use her in the midterms. Well, that uh, that I thought of this weekend as well. I That's mean, distasteful. How many we've got dozens of members of Congress in California or dozens of congressional races in California. Do any of them use her in their campaigns? I hope not, because that would be to... blatant political Espe- whoring. Especially when you go back to the idea this woman wrote a confidential letter right. to her member of Congress. She said she did not want to do this publicly. Right. And then to be used again by Democrats running for Congress, who I think would just be an absolute disservice to her. Hey, I've got something for you. Get it. John Mayer was doing a benefit show last night in Baltimore. And he when... started singing Shallow from uh, from A Star Is Born? No. Lady Gaga. Tell me something. 
I don't know why you're on a quest to make me cry today. John Mayer. When I started off the show with a bit of baseball trivia to make you happy. Thank you. Okay, so John Mayer last night, he's doing a benefit show in in Baltimore when he goes off on a tangent about toxic masculinity. Uh, He calls it a BS alpha male contract that's nailed into boys' heads from a young age. He says it should be replaced with a new doctrine focused on respect and sensitivity. John Mayer is saying this? Yes. John Mayer is saying this. He says the sentiment that a man should get an erection at the sight of every woman he wants is crap. And that the so-called trauma men might feel when a woman turns them down is something men have to get over. His new idea on how to raise boys is to teach them the world isn't theirs. And they're not definitely not entitled to every woman. You did that on purpose also. Yeah. Okay, well. Little thing I call payback. Okay. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Are you going to see the movie tonight? Today yes. or sometime? Okay. Stop it. Well, Blake saw A Star is Born and did not cry. Please stop playing this song. My friend did shed a tear, though. See? Yeah. yeah he, he, I looked over at him afterwards. I was like, hey, how was it? The end. Uh, it was fine. He's like, it's like, there may have been one on my cheek. There may have been one on my cheek. Oh, my gosh. Please. Okay. Please. All right. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do this story about the just the absolute weirdest, craziest limo crash you've ever heard of, where 20 people were killed in one accident in the state of New York. And I'm with you. When I got this alert, I thought it was a mistake. It had to be multiple. Yeah. But they said one limo. But we'll talk about that and why this thing could have been avoided. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon, big stories that we're keeping our eyes on. The confirmation of the newest Associate Supreme Court Justice, Brett Kavanaugh. We're going to do a ceremony at the White House today. He's officially already been sworn in. He was sworn in just an hour or two after the Senate confirmation vote on Saturday. Taylor Swift is making headlines as well. She uh, posted something on Instagram that sort of showed her hand in terms of politics. She said that she is going to vote for Democrats in the midterms, and she'd been somewhat reluctant to uh, to get into politics in the past. And I don't know what changed about it. Well, money. If you're a, a somebody, a star that requires or your your livelihood is all about people spending money on your product, you want to be as non-controversial as possible. That's why you don't get into politics. And then there's a point where you. Yeah, got she was enough. a country star at first. That's, yeah, you which know what is I mean. Surprising so, that she would do this, right? No, well, but she's not anymore. But she's got you the know, FNU money, the... so she doesn't need to exactly. worry about it. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Well, this is just such a tragedy in upstate New York. Twenty people killed in that limo crash over the weekend. These appear to be all young, newly married couples. Some with. Really young kids. One couple killed has a four-year-old and a, uh, I think, two and a half-year-old or something. Um, 
it's just terrible. And, and the, the, the tragedy about this crash is it was absolutely preventable. The driver wasn't properly licensed. The limo should have not been on the road. It failed an inspection last month. It looks like these kids had hired a bus to take them around. I think they were going to breweries and stuff. And they'd done the responsible thing, right? They hired the bus so that they're not driving. Well, the bus broke down. And so I guess the company sent this broken down limo. And before the crash, one of the girls in the limo texted her friend and said, this limo's in really bad condition. We found out the New York Times posted a story just before we went on the air that said that this limo, specifically this car, failed a state safety inspection last month. And I don't know if repairs had been made since then, but we do know that it was in bad condition. The driver is a 53-year-old guy named Scott Lasinicia. Uh, he was killed alongside these 17 relatives, friends, and neighbors. And among those 17 who were in the back of the limo were four sisters, Allison, Abby, Mary, and Amy. All and it killed. Was, it was Amy's birthday they were celebrating. I can't imagine. You can't imagine what that is. The other thing is, I assumed that just, I assumed limousine, you automatically think that something's going on at night. This was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. In the town of uh, Shohari, I'm not sure how you say it, right about 2 o'clock on Saturday. It's about 170 miles outside of New York City, north, kind of near Albany. And this limo was on State Route 30. It goes through the intersection, blows a stop sign, and strikes a parked Toyota Highlander. Now, this intersection, this site, is notorious for accidents. People have been talking about this intersection for years, one of the women who lives there, Jessica Kirby, she's actually the director of that county store where this this happened, the Apple Barrel Country Store. Um, she says, more accidents than I can count. We've been asking for something to be done for years. It went into construction in 2008 following another deadly accident. And after the intersection was redone, they say several tractors have blown past the same stop sign. That the, that the limo did on Saturday. Heavy trucks have been banned from traveling on the road. This is, to put this in the context, this is the deadliest land vehicle accident in the United States since a bus fire outside of, uh, or I guess taking patients away from Hurricane Rita in 2005, and the deadliest transportation-related accident in the United States since 2009 when a plane crashed. Yeah, Continental Air. Um, Buffalo, right? Yeah. Just absolutely crazy. No information um, in terms of exactly where the limo came from and the provenance, et cetera. But they, uh, this was a 2001 Ford Excursion limousine. So a very tall, very big. And if you've seen these uh, massive stretches that are done on some of these vehicles, I can't imagine that you're able to keep the integrity of the vehicle intact. When you add an extra, oh, I don't know, 20 feet to the middle of this thing. But this is a, a horribly sad story with 20 people killed in one, one instance. One driver, 17 passengers, and then two pedestrians who were the side of the road at the side of the accident. And that one couple, I wanted to just update that mom and dad died. They're in their early 30s, and they had a 4-year-old and a 16-month-old. Now, no parents. When I got married, the limo that picked us up from the reception to take us to the airport went about four blocks 
and pulled over into a gas station, and the guy rolls down the divider, and he says, hey, just so you know, we overbooked. We're still taking you to the airport, but we're going to put you in the other limo. Fine by me. I don't care. I'm just going in the other limo. And around the corner in this gas station was about a 1974 Lincoln limo that was painted baby blue. Yeah, that here's the thing. Limos are kind of passe now, right? Like they're yes. all older models that probably a lot of them shouldn't be on the road. Last limo I was in was, I think, at a wedding 10 years ago, and it broke down. We were in Michigan. It broke down heading to the, uh, to the, the reception. Yeah, you're not seeing a lot of brand new 2017 no. town cars that are turned into 20-foot stretch limos anymore. Right. Or maybe we're just in the wrong market. I don't know. All right, when we come back, uh, yet again, somebody has to apologize for some stupid tweets that they put out many years ago. This is a woman in her mid-20s who has made headlines, uh, or at least is recognizable, shall we say, because of something that happened last week. Oh, Blake loves this girl. Yeah, Blake's already in, not in love with her, but he loves her. He thinks she's terrified of her. Terrified? Yes. Because of the smile? I don't know what it is. It's her face scares me. Yeah, it's the upturn on the lips. That might be it. Looks like an automatic Joker smile. Yeah. She seems nice, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, except for the tweets. Gary and Shannon will continue. Yeah. Shannon, KFI AM 640, President Trump talked for about a half an hour to Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein during their uh, flight Monday to Florida for a speech to police chiefs. White House spokesman says the two did not speak alone. Others sat in on their chat aboard Air Force One. Trump told reporters earlier at the White House he does not intend to fire Rosenstein following those reports that he'd uh, talked about secretly recording Trump and exposing the chaos that is the Trump administration. Chaos. Chaos. Uh, did you see the rocket last night or did you see the pictures of it? I saw the picture you posted uh, that looked like <laughs> my mom, my mom's picture. And uh, then I saw the picture that Eric Leonard took, which was a professional photo. Yes, it looked very good. Um, and... But that rocket last night it was actually carrying an Earth observation satellite, took off from Vandenberg. People as far away as Phoenix. Remember Mike Nolan? Mike Nolan used to work here, lives sure. in Arizona. He posted a picture of it and said it was one of the most amazing things he's ever seen. And it was the first time that a SpaceX rocket landed the first stage booster back at the launch site. In fact, where it landed was about a quarter mile away from where it took off at Vandenberg. Amazing. It, it's incredible. Incredible. Hey, guess what? Coming up in the, uh, in the next hour is going to be your chance at $1,000. Now, this is a good idea. Well, yeah, a thousand dollars is always a good idea. How much did right. you win at the casino over the weekend? A hundred bucks. That's good. Which is great when you consider it was blackjack and uh, nobody wins at that. I timed it perfectly. I had a couple of good. In fact, I had two blackjacks within about three hands. Nice. And said, "Okay," and I'm done. Thank you, Sean. You know I what? appreciate it. It's true. The tide rolls in, and then the tide rolls out. I just don't like how everything's got to be a super side bet now. The, the table I was playing on, you could bet on whether or not the dealer would bust and how many cards would bust him. Oh, that's that's so in the weeds. It was a $1 bet, and if he busted on three cards, he'd pay you one-to-one. If it was yeah. four cards, it was two-to-one. Well, one time, the guy at the end of the table throws a $5 bet down on that special mark, and the, the dealer busted with seven cards. Wow. 
twos and That's fours awesome. and then a seven. And he but it was paid fifty to one. The guy won two hundred and fifty bucks on that hand. See, and and that and that happens uh, once a day, you know. And and other times you're just saying goodbye to that side bet. I like the pair square, you know, when they pay you for a. For a, for a pair. Right. That happens kind of regularly. Um, one of the stories that we talked about yesterday, uh, sorry, last week was the president's conversation in the White House Rose Garden. Uh, if I remember right, it was a conversation about the economy. It was a news conference about the economy. And uh, specifically the Yusemekama, the whatever the, the new oh, uh, trade agreement was. And Caitlin Collins, a reporter for CNN, stood in the back and was trying to repeatedly ask questions about Judge Kavanaugh. And he was shouting her down. No, no, we're not going to talk about that yet. We're going to talk about the economy. We're talking about trade. And finally, she asked her question, and he gave her one question, zero follow-up. Drank a lot, and so I don't know where there'd be big discrepancy. Okay, so yes, go ahead, so please. Just to wrap please. up, can you promise you know to what? release you've really had FBI's enough. report? Hey, you've had enough. Hey, hey. Well, Caitlin Collins, seven years ago, wrote some things on Twitter that are getting her in trouble. Today. So she's 26 now. Now she is, yes. Um, and these tweets are from her days as a college student at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. One of them uses the word uh, for a cigarette, and the other says, I don't know if I want a room with a lesbian. Okay. What? Okay. According, and by the way, this is the uh, Log Cabin Republicans, the largest Republican organization de- dedicated to representing LGBT conservatives and its allies. Um, the way Caitlin defended this i don't know if defended it was the right word but the way she explained it was when i was in college i used ignorant language in a few tweets to my friends it was immature but it doesn't represent the way i feel at all i regret it and apologize uh, so, so, so people the so internet people, responds so people can change is that what we're saying well, now and the thing is is the sweet irony is that she was the one pressing him on kavanaugh and what kavanaugh may have done when he was in high school or right college. exactly right Jeff, then, Cringe, uh, Jeff uh, replied to that uh, on Twitter. So what you're saying is we shouldn't judge someone, no pun intended, by the way they acted in college or say high school. <laughs> gotcha, zing. <laughs> um, Merritt wrote in, don't worry, under the precedent set with Justice Kavanaugh, we will only hold this youthful and youthful indiscretion against you for the next 35 years or so. And whether it's uh, Mike wrote, whether it was 10 years ago or 35 your side said it matters. Well, and you know what's funny is it exposes Twitter and how it used to be a handful of years ago when people, young people, were using it almost as a form of text messaging each other. Mm-hmm. Like she was just talking to her friends on Twitter. You know, back when you didn't realize what Twitter was going to become. Right. You just and, thought it was this cute little messaging app. Yeah, but even then, I feel like the beginning of social media, when, when people started signing up for Facebook, there was there were plenty of voices that said, listen, just so you know, everything that you had on your MySpace page and are now transferring over to your <laughs> Facebook page, it's still available and it will never, ever go away completely. So be careful what you do. And I just at the, I guess at the age of 19, you didn't you didn't get to hear that. Um, but I think this is a great, lovely piece of irony for people uh, who say that CNN is so skewed for one of their own reporters to uh, to be caught in something like this. And again, I don't I don't care what she said when she was 19. I don't care. 
We all said stupid things and did stupid things when we were 19 years old. And we just I've, didn't do it on we, social media. That's the thing is how many times have we said this repeatedly? Oh, my gosh. So thankful. So thankful. That our lives were not documented on social media. Thank you, Jesus. And Al Gore for delaying your invention. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever thanked those two people at the same time. I just had that same thought. I think that was the first time that's ever happened. That's like no one has ever taken a plane ride from Cleveland to London. In the history of those two cities, there is no such thing as a direct flight from Cleveland to London. I am London. going to conquer a lot of firsts. This is going to be a good couple of weeks for you. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> Uh, Don't forget, when we come back, we're going to try to get into what's going on in this conversation. Don't call it a debate. That's too triggering and microaggressive. The conversation between Gavin Newsom and John Cox, the only conversation that these two candidates for governor are going to have before we vote in a few weeks. Also, your chance at $1,000 right around Amy King. Nice. Smells like money. We have $1,000 we're going to give away. We'll tell you how you can win that coming up in just a few minutes, so don't go anywhere. Sometime between, oh, I don't know, now and uh, a little about 20 after, we'll tell you how you can win 1000 bucks. The bottom of this hour, there is a chance, it's slim, but there is a chance that they have a lead in the Malibu Creek, uh, Malibu Creek State Park shootings. There is... A search going on for a burglar in that area. And we know that uh, there have been a series of recent shootings, including a murder of a man who died in a tent with his two little girls on a camping trip. And if uh, it's just been the weirdest, most mysterious case in that area in a very long time. So this may be potential break in that case. Well, it wasn't the McGregor fight that everyone was talking about this weekend. It was this morning's much-anticipated fight between Gavin Newsom and John Cox. Ooh, I think I'm going to correct you on that. Uh, yeah. Everyone was talking about the fight. Oh. No one knew that there was a debate this morning Oh, between the candidates for government. All right. I mean, I think you just kind of... Yeah. Just, you might, you might I mean, apples, and apples, and apples there. Right, exactly. Well, they called it a conversation because apparently debate is too strong of a word in California. It, NPR is very careful about their microaggressions. That's true. They are. And we need to make sure that we respect their feelings. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they are so, by the way, the, uh, the NPR station in uh, San Francisco, KQED, even went so far as to say this will not be a League of Women Voters type of debate with strict time limits on answers and equal time for rebuttals because we just want it to be a free flow. This is like that's not a joke, by the way. I know I'm reading that word for word. (laughs) And the thing is, this is like when you take your kids to school and they go, we don't do grades here. We do more like (laughs) we are going to send you a, a, a list of. Kelso's choices, and you tell me what you point to which frog best describes your experience today at school. <laughs> like the stupidest non 
judgmental, but also zero measurement stuff that goes on. In keeping with the forum format, it will be a conversation ah! directed by the moderator, KQED Politics and Government Senior Editor Scott Schaefer. Oh, man. I can't wait to hear Scott Schaefer. You know what his middle name is? Ambien. Wow. Wow. You hit hard. Sorry. It was that John Mayer story that got you going. <laughs> Why did you do that to me? <laughs> well, did it get heated? Well, yes. I, I don't know heated is the right word. Here's one question, which, by the way, should never be asked in a governor's debate. Sorry, governor's conversation. Today's Brett Kavanaugh's first full day. on. Time out. Stop. If I'm John Cox, <laughs> I say, first of all, sir, Ambien, there's two things going on here. Number one, he is a Supreme Court justice. What the hell does the governor of California have to say about a Supreme Court justice? That's exactly the answer he should have given. And, it's and it's two, completely irrelevant what the thought of somebody running for governor in California thinks. Everybody knows it's Indigenous Peoples of Day or whatever they call it in D.C. He's not at work today. He doesn't hear arguments until tomorrow. If anything, today he's getting fitted for the wig and the robe, and that's it. That's all. And beer. And a beer. A, a beer? Well, I he mean, likes beer. I know. I like beer. But just just one. How many beers do you think Brett Kavanaugh had over the weekend? I don't know if he had any. How many beers are in the East Room for this uh, celebration? Zero. No beer. No, I would just do champagne. Hmm. Just to be safe. Because everybody likes champagne. Today's Brett Kavanaugh's first full day on the job at the Supreme Court. And both of you have young daughter daughters. You have four daughters. Oh, Time out! My God. daughters are off limits, Scott. Can we stop making this a referendum on women and daughters growing up? We're talking about one thing that may have happened in 1982 to one guy and one girl. All women are good and all men are bad. That's the way Scott Schaefer should have put this question and then just said, expand on that. Was younger, uh, but I'm wondering, like, what do you think is such a bitter confirmation battle? Uh, a lot of women are concerned what it means for you know reproductive rights and that sort of thing. What, what's your takeaway uh, from from what happened? I mean, what what, do you, what would you tell your daughters if they ask you or have a conversation? Oh my with them? god! Oh my god! Conway. Conway has a great answer for this. How about we just... How about you just don't talk to the daughters about it? How about you don't talk... How, how about you just, you know, leave uh, the six-year-old out I, of this one? I will say Sit this. Sit this one out. I will say that. <laughs> Let the six-year-old just play something other than <laughs> Supreme Court nominations. <laughs> I will say this. It has prompted conversations with my daughter. Yeah, but because, your daughter's 16. Exactly. Yeah. Because she's old enough to know and be on the cusp of thinking about life at college, life away from home, situations where she's with boys. Never going to happen. And situations where you don't want to be, you know, stuff like that. She's got to be aware of that sort of thing. So those conversations are happening. But you're running for the governor of the state of California. What do you think about girls? I mean, you know. Empowerment. You know, uh, I, I regret all the divisiveness in politics today. Uh, if I have anything to say about it, I'm going to try to get reforms that reduce the divisiveness in politics. I think a lot of it. it has to do with fundraising. In California, there is no divisiveness. We're, we're, all, we're all in with feelings. So much so that the governor's debate is a conversation. It's called a conversation. You're not going to have anything to say with how the country is divided right now. Ugh. Uh, uses their position of power and authority to impose themselves on an under uh, someone who is subordinate to them uh, 
you know, should be surcharged and, uh, you know, should be removed from office, frankly. I think it's very relevant. Uh, you, you say you care about the th- issues of California. It's very relevant than Kavanaugh. Because it could have a profound impact on California what? and Californians on their reproductive oh, rights. A, okay. He's drinking California abortion will always be, be available. Right. You, you say you care about the th- issues of California. It's very relevant than Kavanaugh. Because it could have a profound impact on California and Californians on their reproductive rights, of which no. you do not believe a woman has a right to choose, regardless whether or not they're raped uh, or had tragic incident of incest. Uh, Kavanaugh will play an outsized role in that. You've been an advocate for the repeal of the Affordable Care Act, which would have cost uh, in the Graham-Cassidy bill $138.8 billion by 2027 in the state of California, and that also eliminated funding for Planned Parenthood, uh, and that will impact reproductive right access uh, for millions and millions. It's almost as if Gavin Newsom doesn't know who California is. He's talking about these things that are never going to change in the state of California. Abortion is is one of those uh, cases, uh, one of those issues in California that's never going away. Yeah, but you have to get people afraid. You have to get people uh, you in, have to, in fear. You have to whip up their feelings, yeah, in exactly. other words. Exactly. That's exactly So right. let's continue to legislate based on our feelings. And it's this, one thing and if this he says will absolutely collapse. It's one thing if Gavin Newsom says, well, first of all, it's a completely irrelevant question for somebody who's running for governor in California. But if you're going to ask it, Gavin Newsom can say something to the effect of, we're okay in California. We'll always make sure that women have a right to choose. But think about other parts of the country that are not as well off as California. Women who are very poor and they're in states that Kavanaugh's decision on Roe v. Wade may affect them. If they li- if they limit the scope of Roe v. Wade or, or they, they, they cut it down a little bit, uh, what about the woman in, in Alabama that won't have access and she doesn't have the money to come to California? You know what I mean? Like there's a way to address the issue without lying to people. Right. And there's a way to make it about what California can't what the governor of California can do. Uh, John Cox, not to belittle the issue of abortion, but could have said something like, I want to make sure that if you are going to your gay pride parade or you are driving to your unemployment line or you are driving to the DMV, that you get there safely. We need to concentrate on the infrastructure of this state to make sure that we continue to thrive economically, because if we don't, we will quickly become a third world country where rights and privileges that we currently enjoy will be stripped away from us because we simply physically cannot get to those places where we want to do those things. Awesome. Last question in the debate. Which one of you represents the mainstream of California better, Mr. Cox? I think I do because I represent the people who are just trying to get by. Uh, I wasn't put in office by billionaires. I, you know, I, I had to work my way up. I had a okay, struggle coming. all the way through, and and that's something that uh, I think the people of this state will identify with. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> no, I, I say, certainly think we represent the vast majority of Californians that reject uh, John Cox's uh, 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 absolute allegiance to Trump and Trumpism uh, and his longstanding advocacy for causes that I don't think the vast majority of Californians embrace. Well, at least he didn't there try to go. play the poor card again, because Gavin Newsom growing up in Marin County, which is like the richest or the top three richest counties in the country, does not go over well. H- him talking about how 
while, you know, his his mom had to work a couple jobs to support them. Yeah. And, and he cleaned know, a toilet. And he cleaned a toilet hey, in a building mix somewhere. Mixing some fiber and you wouldn't have such an issue. I, 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 I don't get it. Like, you cannot do You went to Santa Clara. You know how much money that is? Yeah. If you were that poor, you wouldn't have lived in Marin. You would have lived in an, another place. It, 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 him, whenever he tries to sell the I grew up a poor child in Marin County, it just never works out. Poor people don't have hair like that. There's that, too. All That's right. exactly right. This is something that um, I would suggest that uh, if you're going to vote, <laughs> and you should, that you go through and listen to this whole debate. Because from what I gather— Wait, hold on. Yes. Let me, let me just call BS on that. Okay. There, who's undecided between Gavin Newsom and John Cox? That's an excellent point. Good point. You're right. That's all. You're right. We're divided nation. All right, coming up next. Oh, oh, wait, what about this? Oh, I got $1,000 you got to give away. Here's how you're going to win it. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Got to answer that phone even if it's from a number you don't recognize. It's either us telling you you won $1,000 or a Nobel laureate telling you you also uh, won uh, the Nobel Prize. Your next chance to win is uh, probably an hour from now, sometime between 12.05 and 12.20. You got a chance to win $1,000 once an hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m., with Jonesy and Wake Up Call nice and early in the morning, all the way through the first hour of that Conway show at 6.20 tonight. Grief counselors descending upon Schoharie, New York. Where 20 people were killed in that absolutely devastating limo accident. Limo blew through a stop sign on a dan- at a dangerous intersection. 20 people killed. Two pedestrians and 18 people in the limo, including four sisters. They're all on their way to a birthday party. One of the, uh, one of the things that's been floating around the outskirts of this governor's race between John Cox and Gavin Newsom is that... Uh, even Gavin Newsom is now suggesting that San Francisco is getting a little gamey. Oh, really? Yeah. Even he knows uh, things are getting a little too permissive when it comes to, you know, defecation on the streets, et cetera. Oh, well, that's good. What's his plan? Um, oh, nothing. Are we going to go back to punishing people for crapping on the streets no, or no? No, because we can't do we can't hurt their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things in San Francisco is that the sheriff's department there is going to let an inmate decide whether they want to be released at night or in the morning because we want to uh, ensure inmate safety. By the end of this month, county jail inmates in San Francisco will be able to waive their rights to release for up to 16 hours or until normal business hours under this new policy. So we can't keep them in at all because our prisons are overcrowded, our jails are overcrowded. But we're going to allow them to stay in because, God forbid, they get hurt when they leave jail. David Turpin and Louise Turpin back in court. Yes, this is the married couple who was starving, beating, and uh, having their 12 children live in their own feces for years. Uh, These two have about three dozen felony charges against them each. Now, they were both in court because there was a request made by Louise Turpin 
Louise Turpin's defense attorney had requested that she be allowed to attend a mental health diversion program. She had been recently diagnosed with histrionic personality disorder, and this attorney argued that the disorder caused Louise to be controlling and brought up the fact that a psychologist who diagnosed her said that her actions are motivated by this disorder. The judge said, screw you. (laughs) No, you're a terrible human being. As a mother and as a human, you have failed. No, I don't know if that's what he said. That's Uh, what I would have said if I was wearing the robe. Yes. And we can order you a robe. You know what? I think I would like that. You want a robe? Not just the the camouflage Snuggie that you wear around here? I guess that would suffice. That's probably the more appropriate version of the robe. The attorney was claiming that this disorder was causing her to be controlling the um, the, uh, UC Riverside Department of Psychology professor, Dr. Aaron Park, said the disorder itself is rare. Um, This disorder, histrionic personality disorder. It's rare to treat. I'm sorry. It's rare. It's difficult to treat. And it's marked by two big things, excessive emotionality and a need for attention. You know anybody like that? We're going to need a team of psychologists. To spend the week here at KFI. Can you imagine? I think we could hand out a diagnosis of this this to at least everyone on the air. Target-rich environment is what they (laughs) refer to that. Target-rich environment. Excessive emotionality and a need for attention. They are uncomfortable without attention and have very shallow emotionality. That's the whole staff. How does that happen that we all work in one place together? <laughs> that's even some guys down the hall. Yeah. This is unbelievable. I mean, that's like the whole floor, really. So the judge denies this and request. And you know what? None of us have a house full of kids sitting in their own feces the last time I checked. Not for a good 16 years or so. That was the last time there was anybody sitting in feces in my house. Um, So she's... Been granted. Louise's uh, attorney said that she had been granted the treatment. It could have been delayed. It could have delayed the trial for up to two years. The judge said, "No, no, no. Charges against her could have also been dismissed. No, no, no. The judge said none of that's going to fly. So the 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 trial readiness hearing, the next real big event in this ongoing Turpin case, is going to be November thirtieth, when um, when they get a chance to. Describe for the judge, both attorneys, uh, or attorneys on both sides, I should say, get to describe where they are in terms of readiness for the case. It was a year ago. Remember, it was January when one of those girls escaped, and uh, we started the we we were introduced, unfortunately, to the Turpin family. All right. I don't understand how that disorder leads uh, a mother to uh, starve her children for a couple decades. Come on, I don't, I don't know how that defense uh, attorney has to try something. Yeah, I think he could have done better. <laughs> I think I would have picked a different disorder to trot out there. Uh, all right, when we come back, the latest on the Malibu Canyon search, they are looking for a potential uh, suspect, an armed man in the area where a guy was killed in his tent a few months back. We'll talk more about that when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show.
Would you like some goop news? Uh, let me check my email first. Okay. And see if I got anything new. You might not be able to scoop me on this. Scoop you on the goop? Okay, scoop me on the goop. Gwyneth Paltrow just got married. Okay. And her ex, Chris Martin, who she consciously uncoupled with. Please don't tell me that he was involved with it. No, but he is having a baby with Dakota Johnson. Uh, And they had a gender reveal party over the weekend. uh, And it was just, instead of pink or blue, it was just a question mark? (laughs) No, they did the pink and blue. Uh, They did arches of balloons and then released the blue balloons into the sky. How did they know? Well, they went to... Nope. No. Wait, you don't know. If you know. release the blue, does that mean it's a boy? Or does that mean like, hey, we or, kept the pink so we have a yes. girl? TMZ, We're letting go of the blue. Yeah. TMZ thinks it's they're having a boy. Okay. Well, TMZ is pretty old fashioned. But I have the same question as you did. <laughs> whoop dee scoop. Goop. Now, the... Uh, get it? Yeah. That's too bad. Um, we uh, The president is in Florida today, and on his trip aboard uh, Air Force One, had a nice and probably very relaxing 30-minute conversation with, uh, with the assistant attorney general, Rod Rosenstein. You know, just catching up, see how things are going. I, I'm amazed that the conversation between those two guys didn't happen two weeks ago. When we first heard about the uh, potential that Rod Rosenstein was at least floating the idea, and a lot of people have said it was joking anyway, but floating the idea of wearing a wire to try to catch the president in something nefarious. And like we have said all along, I'm sure that conversation has happened numerous times amongst people in Washington. Yes, and some of it was serious. Right. Some people they really think that's going to right. They really (laughs) think that's going to happen, and others are like, "Oh, what do you want me to do? Wear a wire?" Right. Right. Uh, and we all kind of have at least one person like that in our lives where it's like, oh, wouldn't it be great to get that guy on tape being being uh, himself? Are we going back to our uh, our personality disorder, the histrionic personality disorder? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday was a big day in the Malibu Creek State Park. There were sheriff's deputies, more than a dozen of them, very specially trained deputies who were looking for somebody that fit the description of a rifle-toting burglar that was spotted in the area a week ago. Now, it seems like overkill. More than a dozen sheriff's deputies, three helicopters for a a burglar. But this is the same area where the dad was killed. 35-year-old Tristan Boudet shot to death in his tent back in June while camping with his two daughters. And when we saw that story, we found out that there had been several of these shooting incidents, whether it was people who found bullet holes in their vehicles or reported hearing gunshots throughout Malibu Creek State Park. And this was the first one where somebody was actually killed. Now, the the genesis of this search on this weekend, over this weekend, was that last Sunday, on September 30th, there was a burglary suspect. There's a, an unoccupied office on Mulholland Highway in Calabasas. And surveillance video showed a guy carrying a rifle burglarizing that unattended, unoccupied office. So about 1 o'clock, there was a park worker there on Saturday who reported a suspicious man approaching him who looks like that burglary suspect. Didn't have a weapon this time, but 
may have matched the description of the burglar from Sunday. It's so. not just the, the murder of Tristan Boudet, too. Uh, there was a string of similar break-ins and unsolved shooting incidents in the same area over the last couple of years. Sheriff's Enforcement Bureau deputies used a helicopter to bring in a bunch of uh, surveillance gear, tactical items for this search. They called it off at nightfall when it became too dark. And deputies were keeping hikers out of the area because, you know, you don't want to get shot by the SWAT team if you're out for a hike in Malibu. Detectives say that the burglary suspect has not been linked to the shooting, but they are considering it a possibility. They say they have not ruled it out and went on to say that this person may be a transient living in the park. This might be somebody living off the land over there. Well, and I wonder if this is we're going to see this ramp up because we know this is an issue, because we know on Tuesday there was a big manhunt in the canyon for whoever it was that broke into that water treatment plant but wasn't found. And then on Tuesday night, some people in the area reported hearing more gunfire. So if there's a suspicion that this is a, a someone who's not well, for example, and we're starting to see the behavior ramp up, potentially more violent behavior, then there's going to be a priority put on this. Um, maintenance worker at the Tapia Park about a mile south of the campground encountered somebody who matched that description of that armed commercial burglar, the one we're referring to from Saturday. And that's when this guy apparently asked the park worker for a ride out of the canyon because he said there were so many police in the area. Thankfully, the park worker, this maintenance guy, knew that that was not a good thing, left, left that guy there and called police. So, uh, but they have not found anyone or anything specific, at least that they haven't told us yet. So. And there's no popular area around there, up there, to go shooting or, or anything like that? I, You mean what, what would explain the gunfire? Yeah. Uh, no, if that was the case, I would assume that the people who live in the area would hear it on a regular basis. Oh, that's true. So they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of place for them to hear it, a couple pops snap off in the middle of the night. But who knows? Yeah, well, they'll probably be back out there searching this week. Good. Yeah. Coming up next, police. It's a, it's a tough time to be a policeman, isn't it? I don't understand. I, I would say so. Yeah. You've got to deal with um, people thinking that you have just signed on to risk your life every day and put that badge on so that you can racially profile people. Yeah. Um, and, and, oh, and the fentanyl. This fentanyl That could thing kill is, you yeah, it's changing, by just touching it. Changing the way people have to do their jobs. Uh, police officers are being required now to train and how to stay away from the potential life-ending fentanyl that's all over the place. We'll do that when we come back. I Garrett, sure hope so. You sure hope so? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's not happy, but it's definitely not as sad as like a star is born or something. Tell me something, girl. I can't wait to see the Are you happy in this modern Are you happy Don't in this so good. I had a, a friend who saw it, and she said, I just had to sit there and cry for a couple yeah, minutes when it was over. Yep, that's going to be me. Or do you need more? It doesn't sound like that, Gary. Uh, Bradley is pushing a little. I don't think I think so. He I think he great. sounds wonderful. <laughs> You've watched your mouth. <laughs> In all the good times, I find myself longing. Stop it. For Gary and Shannon. Amy, what's up? Brett Kavanaugh is preparing for his first cases.
Shannon. Uh, how many winners this week, uh, Gas Fantasy Foreplay? We had four of them. We'll talk about at 1220. We'll talk more about uh, the football games from over the weekend. See how things went yesterday on the sidelines, the Raiders-Chargers game. Pretty well. By the way, funnest thing for me to see on Sunday is Phillip Rivers having fun. Oh, you know what? It was the first Chargers game that I've been to where it was not in question the entire game that they were going to win. Yeah. And it was a nice little Sunday. It was. There was no stress. Everyone was having a great time after. I mean, it was still a little bit stressful, and it was very silent on the sidelines before the game. I mean, they were very intense. They knew this was, let's not mess around here. Um, and, and a couple of drives that they had to settle for, for a field goal on, uh, it was a little bit of upsetment. But the, after the first score, after the first six, it everyone was just having a blast it was just like little kids playing football and by the way you said the word dang gamut is that was that the word that philip rivers was using yes the new word dang gamut yes it's not a bad word it's not a bad word he uses words that are not curse words but sound like they should be yeah you know what he's you know what he means though right uh, the uh, top of the hour, we're going to get into all of our uh, What's Trending stories. We also have an opportunity, by the way, for you to win $1,000. We'll tell you how you can do that between uh, 12.05 and 1220. And um, we're doing the story about fentanyl. There are, there are concerns about fentanyl showing up in all of these different street drugs now, specifically cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, that will potentially put police officers' lives at risk. Not just the users of the drugs, obviously, but the police officers who are intercepting these drugs or, you know, stopping people who have these drugs on them and then testing these drugs, sometimes out on the street, they could potentially expose themselves to fatal levels of drugs with just simple, you know, procedures that they've done for decades now testing for drugs. Yeah, they're using scanners now, uh, devices that are about the size of a Nintendo Game Boy. Do they still have those? Yes, some people do. I don't. Okay. And it can examine a white powder and will tell an officer what's in it, uh, whether it's methamphetamine, metanol, whatever. They don't have to... They don't have to open up a package of white powder. Yeah, the the scanner looks through glass or plastic or whatever it's in to tell uh, the officer what it's made of. Accidental exposure is what they're trying to avoid. It can be a two milligram dose that could kill you of fentanyl. There was a uh, the DEA released videos to law enforcement agencies around the country describing the experience of a couple of uh, officers from New Jersey. They were accidentally exposed to fentanyl when some of it, it, if you watch the video, they say it poofed into the air. When it poofed into the air as one of the officers who had done a field test just tried to seal the bag back up. And this powdered substance poofed into the air. They breathe it in. They determine later that it was a mix of heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. So... They're going for the devil's triangle there. They experience dizziness, shortness of breath, and respiratory no, problems. Wait, um, let's just let's stop. We're not going to put devil's triangle into the lexicon of the program. And we're not going to put boofing into the program as well. I will allow beer, okay. but not devil's triangle or boofing. All right, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to make it clear for people. So inside the bag, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. So they have the triple play. 
Is that acceptable, triple play? Sure. They have the triple play of drugs, and both of them start experiencing ridiculously high um, heartbeats, respiratory problems, shortness of breath, dizziness. And one of the officers even says, I thought I was going to die. And the DEA urged any law enforcement officers who come in contact with fentanyl or a fentanyl compound to take them directly to a lab and get yourself to a hospital. Gosh, could you imagine that feeling when the symptoms start to take effect and you don't know how long you have to get to a facility and, you know, you could be on your way out right there. Right there. You know, did you get on the phone? That's just terrifying. Well, among other things, so we talked about that little handheld device that can scan Those aren't cheap either. They're about 22 grand a pop. Yeah. So you're going to find very few of them available. Some of the law enforcement agencies have one per agency or maybe two. The other things that they've been doing is uh, instructing officers in some cases to not field test these drugs. If you have a suspicion, bring it back to the station house because in the station house, what they're doing is using glove boxes. Imagine... Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, like a, a premature baby, right? That's in an incubator, and the nurses can only treat the child by putting their hands through those gloves because they can't handle the physical contact because the potential for uh, for cross contamination, whatever it is. That's basically what you would do: is you'd put whatever substance you have in that glove box and use those so that you are protected against anything if it should poof out. I said poof. Uh, but those are all different ways that they're doing it to try to protect law enforcement officers from uh, potential fentanyl exposure in the event that uh, some of these people are out there mixing fentanyl with their heroin. Because I guess that's the, the way that we're doing things now. Coming up next, we have a uh, catch up for you. We'll catch you up on everything everyone is talking about this morning. Also, uh, fantasy foreplay recap. We had some some big winners this week. Should be good. And... Your chance at $1,000 is coming up right around. Tell me something, boy. Are you tired trying to feel that, boy? Or do you need more? How did she do, Blake? Can we not give any, can you not tell me anything else about the movie? That would be great. I didn't, what did I tell you anything? Well, he's asking for more information. I'm asking but I how Lady Gaga performed as an actress. Well, I would like to watch the movie for myself and not have you spoil it. Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? He's a great singer. In Your chance at $1,000. Right around Amy Kim. For change. If you had $1,000 right now, if you won $1,000, what would you buy with it? Right now? Right now. I would invest it. You would? No, I don't know. $1,000. Um, tickets to a game. Okay. An airfare. Okay. 
I'd go. Wa- how about this? I'd go watch a game in Milwaukee. That's what I would do. Oh, really? I'd use a thousand dollars and I'd go take a friend and go watch a game in Milwaukee. That's what I would do. Ever been to Milwaukee? No. They've got beer there. They have a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. I like beer. I mean, it's good. I like beer. When we come back, we're not going anywhere. But coming up later, I should say, we're going to give away $1,000, and you can buy that beer mm-hmm. in Milwaukee mm-hmm. with your $1,000. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, we are out of inventive hurricane names. <laughs> Michael. Is now a Category 1 hurricane hitting Cuba. It's forecast to be a dangerous major hurricane when it smacks into the Gulf Coast on Wednesday, according to the National Hurricane Center. They say that he may be a Category 3 hurricane. Winds up to 129 miles per hour when it strikes. I like the old days when it was all women's names. I can't say that Mm-mm. now. Why can't I say that? I'm sorry. There's so many things you can't say anymore. How powerful a hurricane is. That's how powerful that. Because when you say powerful, you almost have like a, a negative connotation to it. You're reading your tone. That. Yeah. Like you're saying they're out of control. Didn't yeah. say that. A hysterical. Uh-huh. They're powerful. Wild. They're forces to be dealt with. Untamed. Deadly. Yes. Uh. Hurricanes are deadly. Sometimes you just got to wait till they calm down. Blowhards. <laughs> yeah, you better stay under that desk. You just stop, drop, and roll right now. Come on, you guys walked into that Face, one. <laughs> it's our fault yep. that you're a horse's ass. Yes. Uh, Facebook is in the news because there is a hoax gaining ground on Facebook that has people worried about hacking. By the way, stop it. I know. Please stop sending me these messages. Stop it. I think I've reached a point where the first few months, I would even say the first year you're on Facebook, every friend request <laughs> you get, you 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 accept, right? Every single one of them. Now, we're 10 years into this Facebook thing. <laughs> we're in the 7th round of the draft and I don't want any of those. Uh, <laughs> I don't know Very, you. <laughs> very few. Uh, I think probably three this year. Friend I, requests yeah, I don't, that I, I've accepted. I, I don't know anybody. I don't know any of them. Um, so anyway, this hoax is that it, it targets your inbox on Messenger. The message makes it appear like you might have a cloned profile. So you get a message from an existing Facebook friend says that they've received a friend request from you. And it says to check your account and then to forward that message to all your friends. It's it's just a chain mail. There's nothing attached to it. There's no actual thing that's happening to your account. It's just a it's just a bad hoax message that everyone has reposted. Do you think it was somebody who planted this that wanted to stop seeing posts about Brett Kavanaugh? Like create another firestorm on Facebook that isn't Brett Kavanaugh related. Possibly. But you know what? Here's here's a uh, interesting conversation I had just yesterday as a matter of fact. Someone who wants to use Facebook for good and not for evil says that they have every, whether good friend, relative, whatever, anybody who posts poli- uh, any political messages on Facebook is no longer liked. So their Facebook feed is now all happiness. Yeah. Here's a picture of the birthday. Here's my vacation. This is the dog doing something Can funny. I cut off dogs? 
Can I do that? Yeah, you could probably Can do I that. silence people with that? You might be able to. That might be a filter you could probably yeah. set. No pets. I mean, I like dogs, but Facebook's really making me not like them anymore. Bill Cosby wants out of prison already. It's been less than two weeks since Bill Cosby got sentenced, and his lawyers are already trying to get him out of prison. And they want the judge tossed off the case as well. This is pretty boilerplate. This is what happens when somebody's sentenced. Another, it's the continuation of the throwing something against the wall to see if it sticks. Exactly. On behalf of the defense attorneys. Because remember, this was one of the most racist, sexist trials in the history of the world. Khabib versus McGregor. This got out of hand. I was surprised we didn't, this wasn't on anywhere in Morongo. Um, but it wasn't. Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov, I think. Nurmagomedov. Say it again. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. I don't like that one. Uh, he blasted Conor McGregor over four rounds. McGregor tapped out just after three minutes of round four. And that allowed Murmurgermov uh, to keep his UFC lightweight championship belt. But right at the end, he sprints to the side where McGregor's team is and throws his mouth guard in their direction, points at one of the other uh, McGregor teammates, jumps over the top of the cage and into the group, and then starts uh, opening up cans of uh, various flavors of whoop-ass on those people, too. I mean, that is a, a plus if you bought this fight, right? Yes. That's what you want to see. That was extra innings. And then there was a fight inside the octagon. I don't know what the security guys do other than just be 400 pounds of beef and get in the way. Yeah. It's not like they're going to. That's really all it is. Okay. Well, the president of the Mormon Church reiterated yesterday that he wants members of the media and others to use the faith's full name, saying that nicknames are a major victory for Satan. This is a twice-yearly conference for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was in Salt Lake City. Shocker. And he says that this this name change, remember, they... they, they 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 renamed the Tabernacle Choir, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They've renamed it the Tabernacle Choir, Choir at Temple Square. Huh. And that was a big deal. I never realized this. The book, uh, obviously the term Mormon comes from the Book of Mormon. But that that Mormon was an ancient prophet named Mormon. It sounds weird when I say it like that. So we will say from now on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Because if we use Mormon, then we're giving Satan a victory. Is that right? Got it. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, I don't need to be handing Satan more victories anytime. <laughs> I bet you Satan has a better kicker than just about every NFL team, though. That's for sure. Wow. Um, and then did you see this Banksy story? Still trending because now there are conspiracy theories about the Banksy piece of art that was sold at Sotheby's in London on Friday. The image of a girl reaching out for that red heart-shaped balloon was in this big, clunky, if you want to call it that, frame. So they auctioned this piece of art off for $1.4 million. The gavel bangs, sold $1.4 million. Moments later, a shredder that was built into the bottom frame begins to spin, the canvas itself slides down through the shredder and then stops about halfway. So 
half of the film is hanging out of the film. Half of the painting is hanging out, uh, dangling after having been shredded. The top half of it's still untouched and still in the frame. How do people react to that? So the first alert I saw said they're not quite sure if they should refund the money or if it just made it more valuable. Believe me, it just made it more valuable. Yes. The second thing is, how did he do it? Assuming Banksy's a he. And the third thing is, how did he know when to start it? How did he know when it was sold? He must and there, have been there. He was either there or he had somebody there doing it. As soon as that gavel sounded, then they hit the button. I would watch this short film. Oh, you can. It's on our website. Oh, it is? KFIAM640.com, keyword Banksy. Look See? at you. What happens when you show up to Freaking rehearsal? professionals you know how over these here. lines go. All right. Fresno. How about this? If you may not be able to buy a, a Banksy piece of art, but $1,000 would get you something. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bills to 200-200. Got to answer that phone, even if it's from a number you don't recognize. Your next chance to win is going to be next hour, sometime between 105 and 120. We'll give you the exact details next hour. But you got a chance to win $1,000 every hour from 5 o'clock in the morning all the way through 620 at night right here on KFI. Did you just see that? Yeah. Crosby missed another field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Such terrible people. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, Fantasy Foreplay Replay when we come back. (laughs) Gary and Shannon, on this Monday, it's uh, October 8th, bottom of the hour, we're going to get into some more Swamp Watch stuff. Uh, there was, a. <laughs> I Nick put this story in there, Hillary and Bill Clinton going on tour this year. And the assumption was it was going to be like, maybe they show up at a bookstore or something like that. No, no. They're doing like a full stadium tour. Aren't they going to be at the forum? Yes. Who's, oh. you know, who's going I to know. that. I know. Um. Wild weekend. A lot of upsets. Browns won a game. Buffalo won a game. <laughs> the Browns. I think all the, the rookie quarterbacks, right? Darnold won for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. What happened with Josh? Oh, Josh Rosen won. Josh Rosen won. They all won. All those rookie uh, quarterbacks. Um, the Browns won. The, it was the first time they'd won on a Sunday in like, <laughs> I don't know what. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. remember the last time they won, but the, they were saying it was a thousand days. It's been a thousand days or something wow. since they won on a Sunday. Which is crazy. Part of the issue, it has been for this year, it seems, is the lack of made field goals. Um, week two, there was a bunch of high-profile kicking disasters. And then this week, 76% on field goals, which is ridiculous. Not, the worst, weird... not the worst ever, but clearly one of, the, one of the worst we've seen in a long time. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. And my dad asked me last night, he's like, so does a... Uh, your son kick at all? Yeah, the thing is, is that there's just not a lot of good kickers out there that are sitting at home on Sundays. I remember when I lived in Seattle, one of the guys that went to uh, one of the high schools in my neighborhood wanted to be a kicker. That's all he wanted to do was be a kicker. And he was good at it. But he was out there practicing four or five days a week in the park, 
he and a buddy would would go out there and he would kick. That's all he would do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you do to practice kicking except kick. Well, the Chargers had their own kicking issues yesterday. Uh, of course, Caleb Sturgis was brought in from Philadelphia after the Chargers went through five kickers last season. And he struggled in the first four weeks. I believe he missed three extra points in the past two games. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to get rid of Drew Kayser, who was the punter. And you're thinking, well, how does that work? Well, Drew Kayser was holding the kicks for Caleb Sturgis. And they thought that there was something wrong with the hold. So they let him go. They bring Donnie Jones out of retirement. Donnie Jones, who spent 15 years in the league, just won that Super Bowl in Philadelphia. He's at a Home Depot buying Halloween decorations on Monday. Goes home, sets it all up in the yard, and then takes a nap. Wakes up from his nap, and he's got dozens of missed calls from his agent. And he's on a plane that night to L.A. So they think that bringing in Donnie Jones, who Caleb Sturgis had consistency with in Philadelphia, would be the end of the problems was not there was a missed field goal and a mixed extra point yesterday it's a it's got to be a one of the most frustrating things and i have you ever tried to kick a field goal oh i mean just goofing around i can't kick the ball down the hallway okay this is one of the most underestimated skills in, in i think in sports because Especially, for example, the guy Graham Gano for for Carolina oh, yeah. kicked a sixty three year old sixty three yard field goal to win great. the game. Did you see him running off the off the field to get away from all of his teammates who yes. were just going to clobber him? <laughs> his body's not built for it that. It is not. Uh, but the idea that you kick this weirdly shaped ball through those two posts that's that far away and they're they're narrow. Yes. I mean. You see them on TV, and you see them hit it 85 90% of the time, and you think, that ah, can't be that tough. Right. It's a highly skilled position. You're absolutely right, and uh, does not get the respect that it deserves. Uh, Mason Crosby having the worst weekend out of all of the kickers. Yeah. He missed four field goals for Green Bay and an extra point. That hasn't been done since 1980, and I'll give you one guess as to which team that happened to. The Chargers. Mm, that's sad. By the way, not enough for him to lose his job. No. Missing five, four field goals no, he's and an extra been, point. He's been consistent for 12 years. I think he had one bad year in 2012 or something where he was like 60%. Um, but other than that, he's a pretty solid kicker. It's and, just a, a freak day. And not to be you know too nostalgic, but my favorite kicker of all time was Ray Wershing. Oh, when yeah. When he would run onto the field and, and not would, look up. Yeah, and he was 50 years old. At least. How old? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go down that Google hole. <laughs> How old is he right now? So congratulations, by the way, to our winners uh, for the uh, Gas Fantasy 4Play. We're going to get in touch with you so you can pick up your prizes, get your prizes, however it goes. And on uh, this Friday, we'll do another Gas Fantasy 4Play where we pick four games of the upcoming schedule. We'll try to pick and see who won. Now, we, the four of us, we didn't do very well on Friday. We didn't get to do it because we were talking about the Super We were 500, right? I think we ended up 500, yeah. yeah. Ray Wershing. It looks like the Chargers kicking problem started when he left. Mm Mm-hmm. And went to play for the 49ers. Let's see, he played through 1987. He's 68 now. He's, he was only 37 towards the end. Oh, he's Oh, sure. wow. He, he looked. <laughs> well, and again, at the time, you were, what, nine? So anybody over the age of 25 to you was 60. That's so true. <laughs> and now I look at Donnie Jones, who's 38 years old, and just think to myself, oh, my God. I'm as old as that I'm, kicker. I'm as old as that guy. Uh, swap watch when we come back to the Gary and Shannon show. What do you
people still gathering around the crash site there in upstate New York, where the limo blew a stop sign and crashed, killing 18 people inside, two pedestrians as well. Four sisters were in that limousine, all died. They were all on their way to a birthday party. People showing up, they're having a vigil, people leaving flowers. We understand that uh, about 1 o'clock our time, they're going to hold a news conference about that limo crash. And we're going to try to dip into it and at least listen to some of the information because there were a lot of questions. And we were mentioning some of the pictures that you may have seen after the the crash itself late Saturday night. Them, you know, sort of pulling this uh, 2001 Ford Excursion limousine out of the crash site. It didn't look like it had been damaged at all. I mean, I assumed that when it was everyone in the limo died that the thing was going to be torn open or crumpled up to nothing and it it didn't look like there was that much damage that would no. cause deaths like that must but, have been impact um netflix has decided they're going to choose new mexico as the site of a new production hub they're negotiating to buy an existing multi-million dollar studio complex in albuquerque so uh we missed out on that one but, i mean netflix has plenty of production space here but they could have done it in i don't know Fresno. 12.30, we dive into Washington. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp launch. Well, as we speak, balloons are being hung in the East Room. I don't know if they have balloons, actually, but that is where the celebration for Brett Kavanaugh will be in the White House tonight. By the way, the president spoke about this. He was down in Orlando. He was attending a law enforcement officer's uh, convention or something down there and mentioned the Kavanaugh stuff. It was a disgraceful situation brought about by people that are evil. And he toughed it out. We all toughed it out together. Our long national nightmare is now over, apparently. He's a great person, and it was very, very unfair what happened to him. False charges, false accusations. All right, so that party, you want to call it that, the party takes place later tonight at the White House. Uh, he sits down for the first time as a an associate Supreme Court justice tomorrow, and we'll start hearing cases. Looks like the cases will be involving firearms and immigration. He missed the first week of oral arguments as the FBI conducted that background check on him. So confirmed on Saturday, and he will face a variety of cases on the Supreme Court docket this week. One involves a federal law that imposes lengthy prison sentences on firearms offenders who have three priors, three prior felonies, Another asks the court to consider which illegal immigrants can be detained during deportation hearings. Uh, A third involves Navy members looking for damages for asbestos exposure. They're going to they're going to keep an eye on this guy. I mean, one of the things that we don't get a lot of um, normal everyday headlines about Supreme Court justices or the arguments that go before the court. We know a few things like Clarence Thomas never says anything and uh, and Antonin Scalia always loved to go after people and was would constantly interrupt. I mean, we know some of the basics of it, but this guy is going to be more scrutinized than any Supreme Court justice we've seen probably in the last 150 years. 
And every question he asks, if he does, because he doesn't have to say anything, but every question he asks is going to be uh, publicized. It's going to be tweeted about. It's going to be talked about until this, I guess, uh, the attitude about him diminishes or, or people sort of lose favor. That's the one thing he's got going for him in terms of eventually fading from the headlines. Supreme Court justices rarely make news. They rarely make headlines unless they say something stupid like Ruth Bader Ginsburg did once about the president. So if if he can stay out of that spotlight, then eventually the light that is on him will fade and he'll be able to do his job and uh, not worry about public excoriation. Joe Manchin looks like uh, kind of screwed himself with his vote, siding with the Republicans. Because he is in a fierce reelection battle back home in West Virginia. And yes, it is a red state voted for Trump, but he's losing some Democrats from what he did. And guess what? The Republicans aren't holding up. He's not wooing any Republican voters. He's still a Democrat. I forgot that I got this number wrong. I was saying last week that uh, that he uh, that President Trump won West Virginia by 36 points. Sorry. 42 percentage points. Yeah. He won. I didn't realize it was that big. So Washington Post has a new survey out with some good news for Democrats. It says likely voters who live in 69 battleground House districts narrowly prefer Democratic candidates. There is a overwhelming percentage of these districts that are currently in Republican hands. We've got a month to the midterms. Early voting is going to begin in many states. So this may be a challenge for Republicans to uh, keep their House majority. Despite the fact that if you listen to all the pundits, this Kavanaugh mess really fired up the Republican base at the right time heading into the midterms. Well, and I think one of the things that I think that is kind of got echoes of what we saw in 2016 was the Democratic Party misplayed their hand or they they misheard what the American voters were telling them about what they wanted. And there's got to be some recognition. Hey, maybe we don't need uh, or maybe we don't make trans closets our number one priority when it comes to the party platform. Maybe we make sure people have jobs. Let's make sure that people can get to and from. Let's make sure people have privacy, those sorts of things. Those are the issues that we need to get to. Uh, And I think they're going to they could screw this up, too. There are a lot of people who are pissed off about the way the Kavanaugh thing was handled. Well, not, and it does, and not saying that they, you know, they hate victims of sexual assault. That's not it. It's that the political game that we saw in the Senate over the last three weeks has been ridiculous. Well, this survey found that me- women are the driving the driving force currently right now. That they are favoring Democrats uh, fifty four to forty percent which is a lot bigger of a wedge than than the final poll came out. I think it was 50 to 46 percent mm. or something like that. And remember, the only the polls don't matter unless those people actually still go out and vote. True. Uh, all right. A couple of things coming up. We're going to get into this uh, CNN reporter who got busted for some old tweets that she had. And then a strange story of a Washington Post reporter who may have been killed by a murder team. Explain that when we come back. To Gary, and, yep. That's us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tell me something, girl. I'm sending the text to your wife now. Don't. Yep. I'm doing it. I told you one more chance, and you just blew it.
You going to tell her what to look forward to when I get home? Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? texted your wife i'm gonna kill your husband he won't stop singing and she wrote back show tunes question mark come on (laughs) by the way (laughs) i got got a lot of feedback i was really horrible at taking dark pictures this weekend i think i was 0 for 2 your pictures this weekend were atrocious the picture of the uh the rocket from last night was no good because um, I just took it with my phone, and then trying to take a selfie with, with you, and Shannon number one, in front of the crowd at the Morongo thing didn't work out you, as well as you I. You aged yourself like a cheese this weekend with your pictures. Oh, I see. You're like 75 now. Uh, they're on Instagram though, or, or Twitter, or Facebook if you want to go find them at Gary and Shannon. But you did better than I did in taking pictures. Top of the hour, um, we're going to talk with. Hopefully, we're going to talk with Mark Remillard, the latest on the investigation into this limo crash. But at about the same time, we are expecting a news conference. So if that starts, we're not going to be able to talk to Mark. But we will try to dip into that news conference and and talk about or find out information about how it is that one limo can kill the driver, 17 passengers, and two people uh, who were bystanders in that accident in upstate New York. Mitch McConnell is high on life. (laughs) I doubt it. This is what he does. He gets conservative justices onto the Supreme Court and blocks judges he does not want, like Merrick Garland, refusing to hold hearings saying it wasn't fair to do so during a presidential election year and voters should decide which party's president would get to pick someone. Now he's saying that he's willing to take up another court nomination in the 2020 election season. Well, no one is going to retire from this court. I don't think we see... Somebody could die. Uh, I suppose, but I don't think the, I don't think anyone's stepping down no, from this court. No, I don't think so either. Uh, there was talk, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the uh, is the one that a lot of people have said would be the next to go because I believe that she's the oldest currently. But she has said she's not going anywhere. She does more planks and uh, longer planks in a day than, than you do in a week. So she's not going anywhere. But it would be interesting if he did that, if Democrats could then use the argument against Mitch McConnell, because the reason he didn't want to bring Merrick Garland up for a confirmation was because you're not supposed to do that in an election year, which is some BS rule that he right. came up with in the yeah, middle made of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Breyer's 80. Yeah. And RBG is 80. 85. 85? Yep. How did she age two years in two weeks? Two years went by. Oh. Scott Kelly got in trouble, the astronaut. Scott Kelly wrote this. Uh, Winston Churchill one of the greatest figures in history helped defeat the Nazis. And he said, one of the greatest leaders of modern times, Sir Winston Churchill said, in victory, magnanimity. I guess those days are over. Making a political statement because that's what Scott Kelly has been doing lately. People blasted him for quoting Winston Churchill. Because Winston Churchill, according to, these, uh, according to the Twitter, is a racist. And committed atrocities. 
having some hand in uh, an Indian famine that killed five, sorry, three million people in India, uh, gassed the Kurds and the Afghans in 1919, and was a ridiculous racist when it comes to claiming whites are a stronger, higher grade, more worldly wise race than American Indians or Aborigines in Africa. I'm sorry, Aborigines in Australia. So... Scott Kelly has to go back and say, my apologies, I did not mean to offend by quoting Churchill. Now it's offensive to quote Winston Churchill. He says, I will go and educate myself further on his atrocities, racist views, which I do not support. Hey, thanks, Scott. Everybody assumed that you would be okay with the famine that killed three million people or uh, being an absolutely virulent racist. That is embarrassing. It really is. And people went after him for that. Yeah. Twitter forces people to do some weird things, very weird things. So we don't like Winston Churchill's old tweets is what you're saying. Well, I suppose, sure. You know, I you can hate Winston Churchill, but Winston Churchill was arguably the single person who made it possible to stop the Nazis. Yeah, he was the one who made Britain get involved as the Nazism was... Growing. Right. Yes. But, I mean, you argue, was he a product of his time? Was he a product? In 1919. I'm not going to argue Winston Churchill. Right. (laughs) Let's not be ridiculous. By the way, there is a journalist. The Washington Post is claiming him because he works on their global opinions section. It's a guy named Jamal Khashoggi, prominent journalist from Saudi Arabia. Turkey, he was visiting Turkey, Turkey has concluded that Saudi Arabia had him killed. He was at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul last week. And according to Turkey and their investigation, they believe a 15-member murder team came from Saudi Arabia and killed this guy somewhere in the Saudi consulate. They... Turkey hasn't given up a whole lot of evidence to back this up, but the public prosecutor's office in Istanbul has opened an investigation into Jamal Khashoggi's disappearance. They said, according to Turkey, he never left that consulate building, ever. So he walks in, never leaves. Saudi Arabia has vehemently denied it. Uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman said, Khashoggi, in fact, did leave the consulate shortly after he arrived on Tuesday, but they have zero evidence to prove that he ever left that consulate consulate alive. And it may be all about the Trump administration. I mean, he was really critical about what a Trump presidency would mean for the Middle East, saying that Trump's anti-Muslim sentiments and closeness to Putin would jeopardize Saudi interests, thought that the royal family's trust in Trump was misplaced. And it's hard to figure out what role we will play in this. I mean, investigatively or punitively, if we do find out that Saudi Arabia is responsible for killing this journalist. Because we don't have any sort of jurisdiction in Turkey, the, the, the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. But this is a uh, this is definitely making headlines. The Washington Post has several stories on this guy and some of the work that he has done. And, of course, this investigation into where he is right now. Coming up next, the investigation into that a uh, fatal crash involving the limo killing 20 people over the weekend 
still a heavy presence on the scene of that crash. We'll bring you all the latest when we come back. Also, your chance at $1,000. That's just a few minutes away next on Gary and Shannon. Shannon. There is about to be a press conference about that deadly crash there in upstate New York. Mark Remillard is covering the story, so we want to get to him right away with the very latest. Mark, what's happening? Yeah, we are, as you mentioned there, we're waiting a press conference uh, at the state police headquarters. This is about 30, 40 minutes away from the actual crash site. Uh, but uh, what we've learned today is a little more about the driver and the company uh, uh, that was involved in this crash. We've learned that the driver uh, was not licensed to be operating a vehicle uh, with more than 15 passengers. And as we now know, there were 17 passengers aboard, 18 in total killed because the driver was as well, as well as those two pedestrians that were hit. Uh, and what we've learned as well about the company uh, is that the company has undergone several inspections over the last two years. Uh, they own three vehicles, five inspections in the past 24 months, four out of the five of them. So 8% of the time they had to take, in, uh, take one of their vehicles out of service for some kind of uh, inspection violation, and we understand that this particular limo that was involved in this wreck had recently been inspected and was not supposed to be on the road at the time of this wreck. So that's all uh, creating more concerns around uh, whether it was operator, whether it was the vehicle. Uh, nothing official from authorities, but certainly uh, you know some raising some eyebrows there. One of the things that I'm amazed at is the seeing the images of the limo itself. It does not look like. It was a massive accident where the thing either burned to a crisp or was torn open. It appears like it appears that the limo itself basically remained intact in the course of the accident. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it did because uh, I, I saw some photographs as well, and same similar thing. Um, you saw the, the, the it looked at like the cab of the limo was relatively intact, and I believe one of the photos I saw showed the door open on the side. So uh, we've certainly seen. These accidents, uh, and again, this is the deadliest accident in nearly a decade, uh, but we've seen other accidents uh, involving larger vehicles, transport vans, things like that. And a lot of times you see them and they are, uh, the entire vehicle is ripped apart. But in this case, it does appear that the cab of it uh, stayed relatively intact. But uh, whether or not people were seat belted inside the cab, that may have contributed to the reason why we uh, see such a high death toll. And from what we understand, the front driver, the driver's seat, and the front passenger seat would have been required to wear seatbelts, but not necessarily in the back. And what we don't know is whether or not this vehicle even had seatbelts in the back, let alone if people were wearing them. What do we know about the people on board? It looks like these were some uh, young people just starting off, uh, making families, getting married. Yeah, um, and we have learned that uh, there were four sisters on board who were killed. Um, we spoke with uh, an aunt who said that her brother called her and said that he had lost his family. Uh, four sisters, we understand uh, at least three other couples. Uh, one of those sisters, by the way, uh, a newlywed who had uh, been married over the summer. We know that some of the couples had young children. Uh, it's just about as tragic as you can get. And, and as we mentioned here, 20 people in total. I haven't learned much about the two pedestrians that were hit other than that uh, clearly they were standing near a business and the limo crashed into a parked car and then uh, as well hit these other two pedestrians. So that, that's where we stand right now. Authorities on the record have not really uh, released much information. We may get more here as we await this press conference. All right, Mark, we'll let you get to that. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Remillard there with the latest on what's going on. Again, this is a, this limo crash in, how do we say it, Scoharie? 
New York, upstate New York, is strange in for for a few different reasons. Number one of them is the fact that all 17 people in the back of the limo ended up dying as a result of this crash. It's and it's bizarre in terms of the uh, the evidence that we have seen. Hopefully, when we get this news conference, they'll be able to explain more of this. But how in the world did the 18 people inside the limousine die if the impact itself wasn't enough to tear the car apart? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Think of think of the crash. I mean, this is not the greatest example, but the the crash that killed Dale Earnhardt. When you saw the crash. It was it did not stand out as a particularly dangerous, violent car ripping crash. I mean, it was specific that it killed him uh, because he wasn't wearing the. The neck device, the Hans device, I think is what they call it around his neck. It hadn't become uh, mandatory at that point. So but it never struck you from an outside observer's point of being something that would kill a guy. I remember covering the crash that killed Nick Adenhart, Angel's pitcher. Right. And there was a young girl, Courtney Stewart, in the car with him that night who lost her life. When they arrived on scene, and this car was was messed up, was torn apart, but Courtney looked flawless, according to officers who arrived on the scene. Not a scratch on her. But it was the impact where something disconnected from her heart that killed her. But she, not not one scratch, looked just as beautiful as she looked moments before. It was the all crash. internal damage. All internal. So that I mean that's that's a potential. I mean that would explain. But I I can't imagine that something like that would be all of this. So let's go. Let's see. We have some of that news conference. Let me see if I've got part of it here. G Commander of the New York State Police. And again, this is. Um, want to update you. This is an update on the limo crash from upstate New York from Saturday. The investigation is ongoing. Currently, our forensic investigation unit is examining the vehicles involved in the crash. Our collision reconstruction unit will perform a mechanical examination of the limo to determine if it was mechanically sound. They're also collecting data from the scene along with measurements, and that information will then be examined and analyzed. We're also in possession of the airbag control module what would be considered the vehicle's black box. That is being analyzed for post-crash data. We have our investigators who are continuing with interviews of witnesses and family members. An autopsy of the victims are still ongoing at Albany Med, probably about three-quarters of the way through. We can can confirm the name of the limo company. It's Prestige out of Saratoga County. And also that the driver of the limo did not have the appropriate license to operate that vehicle. In New York State, a limo with 15 or more seats available, excluding the driver, falls under the definition of a bus and requires a passenger endorsement, a P endorsement. The operator of the limo involved in this crash required the P endorsement, which he did not have. We will not release a list of the names until all the victims are positively identified and the families have been notified. Due to the severity of the crash, the process has taken some time. We do know that the victims were active on their cell phones prior to the crash, both texting and on social media. We are asking that anyone who may have been in contact with the victims before the crash give us a call at 518-630-1700. I will open up to questions, but be, uh, you, know, you have to understand that this is an ongoing invest- criminal investigation at this point. First, I know early in the investigation, can you tell us whether or not that vehicle should have been on the road now that you say uh, the driver 
didn't even have the license, the proper license to operate. Well, the driver didn't have the proper license to operate it, so no, it shouldn't have been on the road. The vehicle, was it outdated? Was it properly fit? Well, that that company and that vehicle have been under scrutiny of DOT in the past. That's all I can say about that. Was there negligence on the part of someone to allow this on the road? That's part of our criminal investigation. The driver in terms of a criminal history and a driving history where he was in previous accidents? Uh, we're not really saying information in that regard. They voluntarily gave up their vehicles. Did you go in and seize those vehicles? Yes, we seized their vehicles based on a search warrant. How many? Three vehicles in addition to the one that, that crashed. Can you explain what kind of vehicles they were? Were they other stretch limo bus? I believe two of them were town car stretch limos. I'm not sure of the third. Sir, it strikes me as remarkable that in this case you have all the people who are in the limo and two bystanders who are now deceased who would have been, I imagine, pretty good witnesses to what was happening prior to the crash. You talked about text messages. We've already seen reports that people on the limo were sending out text messages, potentially talking about the fact that it was very loud, it seemed unkempt. Can you talk about what you're learning from people who are stepping forward, offering you that information, and how critical is that to putting the pieces of this together without living witnesses? All the information we can get is critical. The black box information, the crime scene investigation, interviews, text messages, photos, anything we can find will put together the full picture to find out if there's some criminal culpability on the part of anyone. Were people complaining via these texts that you've seen that something maybe just wasn't right about this? I'm not going to get into specifics. Do you know if the family members have told you at this point that that the victims had sought a bus rather than a limo? I believe that they had tried to hire a different vehicle, but it canceled for some reason, so... The subject in charge of this excursion um, scrambled and found this company to uh, satisfy their needs for the Did day. Did they seek a bus or something larger or something different? I don't know. Was it the same Second. company, Major? No, it was not. Major, Have you spoken with the owner of the company? Have you spoken with him? Excuse me? Have you spoken with the owner of the company? Have you located him? We have located uh, the owner of the company, yes. Can you confirm his name is Shahed Hussein? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. He was an FBI informant. The owner was? Yeah, the he was a he was a FBI informant, came to the US in the nineties, arrested for allegedly helping immigrants cheat on driver's tests. He became a government witness in 2002, testified in two terrorism cases, one involving a bomb plot against a synagogue in the Bronx. That will all be part of our investigation. Odd. Oh. Vehicle, just to be clear, it was uh, Governor Cuomo suggested or said that the vehicle had been inspected last month by the U.S. Department of Transportation for and failed inspection. So, uh, do you know if that's true or not? You're not saying it's true? the vehicle has been inspected in the past and has failed inspections. Can you say what that was? Why it failed? Uh, no, I can't get in this. You have to talk to DOT about can you that. Clarify: Is the owner still out of the country? Yes, he is. He faces criminal charges. That will be part of our investigation. We'll, we'll determine if there's any criminal criminal culpability on a part of anyone. That's if there is, we'll hold them accountable for it. We're doing the autopsies. I'm wondering how those folks, the medical staff, is doing as they, as they embark on this. Are you in touch with them, and, and how's that going for them? It's a very difficult investigation for us to do. You know, we, we investigate fatal crashes all the time, year-round. But this one is, the magnitude of this one is, is a, you know, different this, for us. How about the road there? I mean, it comes down a big hill. What have you learned about the dangerousness of that uh, hill? Yeah. 
that's all part of the investigation. How serious was it to put a car like this on the road? Excuse me? How dangerous was it for someone to put a car like this on the road knowing the problems? We'll, we'll that determine road. that. And if it's criminal, we'll prosecute. Major, so you they're wrapping it up. So a couple things that came out of this news conference in New York where they were looking into this limo accident. The driver did not have the correct license to operate a vehicle of that size because of the limo that holds, I think they said, 15 people outside of the driver would qualify as a bus and actually requires a different um, a different license. So this, this uh, driver did not have the appropriate license. And they also said that one of the reporters referred to this. That even though it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the only people who may have seen the accident are dead. Are dead. Think yep. of that. That the two witnesses outside of the vehicle were ones who were killed along with the 18 people inside the vehicle. So. All right. More coming up next. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Oh, look at this $1,000 I have right here. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. Gary and Shannon. That was a very goop thing to say. Big big stories we're keeping our eyes on. Brett Kavanaugh has been confirmed, been sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. And in a few hours, the president's going to host him uh, for a celebration at the White House before he actually gets fitted for the robe and sits down on the bench tomorrow and starts hearing cases as a Supreme Court justice. Mentioned earlier that Netflix has decided to go to New Mexico. They're going to open up a new production hub. And they're negotiating to buy an existing multi-million dollar studio complex there in Albuquerque. Um, the com- the state of New Mexico says they're expecting a billion dollars in spending over the next decade as a result of this new Netflix place. Well, we hear it all the time in police investigations and a missing person case. The first 72 hours are the most critical. But why? ABC News sat down with a number of criminologists to talk to them about why these hours are the most critical. Well, one of the big things is you've got to protect the integrity of the evidence. I'm a, I was surprised. Part of what they consider the integrity the or integral integrity of the evidence is people's memories. And... Steve Gomez, we've talked to Steve before here on the show, FBI special agent in charge, ABC News contributor. He has talked about um, those those memories start to fade very quickly. And even in the event of something, or I should say especially in the event of something that may not be considered to you and I something important. Mundane details of your day that may help. Yeah. Which color is the car that you parked next to today in the parking garage? And you may not remember it, or if you remembered it right when you got out of the car, you might not remember it by now. It's not just the person's family who investigators are, are, are looking to speak to. It's the guy that parked next to him in the garage, the public, right? Thing, You know, people that you normally wouldn't even pay attention to. Right. You know, you're going to remember more details from your family this morning, you know, whether you saw your wife, what time your daughter left for school. You'll remember that because those are your people. But you might not remember uh, what happened at the 7-Eleven you stopped in on the way to work because it's really inconsequential to your life. 
Hopefully, yes. Yeah. Um, but it, but in those cases, those memories that start to fade uh, could be integral when it comes to finding out or finding a person. And then they said that the 72-hour mark is important because, for example, stranger kidnappings. All those stranger kidnappings are, kidnappings are very rare. If it's a child who is the victim, that child is usually murdered quickly, sometimes within the first three hours, but definitely within the first two days. Well, almost definitely. I mean, not to sound grim, but almost definitely within the first two days. So you are then not dealing with uh, a missing persons case. You're dealing with a murder and you're still trying to find the body. Hey, side note. Yeah. I started listening to Serial Season 3 today. Oh, yes. And? It came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, they spent a year in the Cleveland uh, law bill, uh, the you know, the, the jail, the, the, the courthouse, the, the prosecutor's office. All of that is in one building in Cleveland. And they're following just everyday cases to see how they're worked through the system, what flies, what doesn't fly, how people are treated in the, in the courts. And they said they picked Cleveland because it was the only place where they can record everything. They can record in the hallways. They can record in the elevators. They can record in the courtrooms and the judges' chambers. Totally oh, wow. opened it up to them. And it's done well. I mean, we love season one, and then season two was about Bo Bergdahl, right. who I can't get on board with. I don't care about him at all. But this seems to be mildly interesting so far. All right. Serial season three on what you listen to Tuesday. And not just because I'm going to Cleveland this week. I'm going to spend about a week there and want to know how the criminal justice system works should I get into oh, any you'll, problems. You'll find out. I have a feeling you'll find out. All right, we'll continue. When we come back, Alex Stone is going to join us. Why your Facebook feed was absolutely full of people claiming that they may have been hacked. Gary and Shannon will continue just a moment. Gary and Shannon, we uh, heard a little bit earlier... New York law enforcement talking about the limo crash that killed 20 people, 18 of them inside the limousine, two of them outside the limousine on Saturday afternoon. The NTSB is uh, is speaking, and uh, one of the things they said, which is surprising, is there was no great amount of damage to the front of the limousine. Yeah, I'm still I'm still confused as to how, based on the condition of the limo. After the accident, it does not look like it was a violent enough accident to have killed everyone inside that vehicle. Yeah. I mean, we'll I know to find out. physics is a weird thing, and uh, we're going to have to find out more about it, but it just did not <laughs> seem like it was enough. Bless you. Thank you. Um, Facebook. We're also, no, we're also oh. I was just going to say that the Kavanaugh thing, just that they're doing a celebration tonight at uh, at the White House for uh, Brett wait, Kavanaugh. Did you get your invite? You like beer. I do like beer, but mm-hmm. I did not get an invite. I don't bad. know if that's just... Uh, I could sing a song for him. Tell me something, girl. Stop it. Turn it off. Are you happy in this modern world? You're ruining this for me before it's even begun. What do you need more? Thank you, Blake. God darn it. Is there something else you're searching for? Facebook has been in the news because there is a hoax going around. You've probably gotten some messages about it. Alex Stone. My Alex. God, I want to see that movie so badly. No, oh, you used to. I do to. too, used but to. he's ruining it for me. Okay, the reason I'm doing this, Alex, just so you know, is because yeah. I found out nary five minutes ago that she's making her husband go to the movie as well. 
Oh my god! And I want to go on my own. See? Is that is that not Wait, allowed? I mean, I'm going to go with my wife, but I'm saying I actually want to go. Because oh. when you cry, you like to be alone. <laughs> I understand. True. Now well, that, we we anyway. sat on the couch over the weekend and brought up all kinds of YouTube videos about it, and Lady Gaga talking about it. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm giving away my manhood right now. <laughs> we will take it. Wait, um, what? No, wait, that, that came out so no, weird. Sorry, right. Alex. You can, you can keep this it. This has gone wildly uh, yeah. off the track. All right, already. let's go back to the Facebook part of it. Now, I noticed some of, in fact, some of our common friends, Alex, on Facebook, were sending this uh, these repeated messages of, hey, I uh, think maybe you got a Facebook uh, friend request from me. Wasn't me. Must have been hacked. Yeah, and I got a bunch as uh, direct messages as well, where you're thinking, you took the time to send this to me. And, and what this essentially was, according to Facebook, and a couple of states actually ended up, Louisiana, one of them, putting out official messages about this because it, it became so widespread over the weekend. But this was a chain letter. This was, It was a hoax. There was nobody cloning Facebook accounts, it does happen, but not at the, the rate of what people were claiming yesterday. And if you feel like the, your account was cloned, then you can go up to the search bar at the top, put in your name, and see if anybody has taken your picture and your information and, and created another account. Chances are probably hasn't happened. That This was a, a case of the message said, copy this and send it to all your friends, and people copied it and they sent it to all their friends, even though... The beginning of it says, I got another friend request from you, which I ignored, so you may want to check your account. That wasn't happening to people, but they saw the last sentence, according to Facebook, that said, copy this and send it on, and that's what people were doing. And and to be clear, there's nothing attached to it. There's no belief that this is nefarious in any way and that it's stealing information or anything like that. It's just people fell for a hoax. Yeah, this was a viral hoax. Uh, I do have one coworker who got a text message, actually two messages yesterday, uh, saying something similar with a link. So it seems like somebody may have, in that case, decided this was a good attempt that they could make at phishing. You know, the same thing if you get a the, the email from your bank that looks like it's from your bank, but it's not saying click on this link. But what was actually on Facebook that was going around that had no link in it? There was nothing in it, nothing that could do any harm to, to you or your computer. It seems to be coming off of the whole Facebook security breach thing in the past week or so where we know – 50 million people had their account information accessed, another 40 million. The, the potential was there, but the bad guys didn't actually do it. That, that whoever created this thing was bouncing off of the, the fear of that and thought, well, this will be a good time. This will freak people out. And it definitely worked. Everybody was talking about it over the weekend, and in the end, it was just a big chain letter that people were copying and pasting and passing on. Mm. Did you fall for it? No, I thought about it. <laughs> I got a couple of the emails. I thought I just don't pay attention to those anymore because well, yeah. I I usually don't either. It's that when I noticed Jane sent it and Lawrence sent it and Bill sent it and Mike sent they it were and people like people that we we all knew. And yeah. Thinking, well, it says that that they got a couple of friend requests from me, and I know via email and my Hotmail account every once in a while it will get hijacked and people get all kinds of porn ads from me. And I think uh, unless I was drunk last night, I didn't send those out. Giving your manhood away everywhere you go. I know. Wow. But it does happen in the I like fear. <laughs> But on Facebook, because it, it said that somebody had sent my information to these people, I thought for a second this 
might be real. And then I looked at the top searching my own name and there wasn't another account. And then you realize that every one of these messages that were sent to you, that they were all worded exactly the same and they said the same thing. And even though it claimed that people were so, you know, that, that, that you were sending these out, all these friend requests, that uh, people were still just highlighting them and pasting them, not paying attention to that part of it, just because it said copy and send to all your friends. I have a conspiracy theory that it was somebody who came up with this that was sick of seeing posts one way or the other about Brett Kavanaugh. Maybe it was Brett Kavanaugh. Oh. That's also a brilliant. That's another right layer. There. That is another layer. Right I there. had one beer. Okay. Thank you, Alex. Alex, good luck. Bye, watch, good luck with the movie. Tell us what you thought. <laughs> All right, I'll let you know. All right, Alex Stone there, who wants to see a star is born. Do you think it's um and let me it's like clear. a relief let... for him to talk to us or oh, he, not? Cuz he, he goes on it. like radio stations all over the country where they with do serious people things. Are, people are buttoned up. You know, they don't talk about his manhood and things like that. And then he comes to our show and it's all, you know, Buffoonery. Buffoonery. Um, I don't know. The problem, and I think Alex pointed it out there, though, is that if if something like this works and you realize that a hoax with nothing attached to it and no real um, consequences, you realize realize it's gaining steam, uh, then you can find a way to capitalize on that and actually do the nefarious things with it. Like he was saying that someone had gotten a text message and had a link that you can then get everything stolen from you. So, and let me be clear about this whole uh, Star is Born thing. I want to see the movie too. I do. I know you do. Okay. You know how I know? Because you won't stop singing the song. I will stop singing the song. Probably after I see the movie. Probably. After I, I promise you, you'll just sing it more. You think so? Mm. You just get stuck in there, man. Oh. Is there something else you're searching for? Mm. I don't mind if you play it. It's just you're singing along. In all the good times that I could, I find I could do without that. What if I hum? For change. And in the bad times, I... You know what's fun about watching this uh, this uh, Houston Astros Cleveland Indians game that's on television right now is that's where the Republican National Convention was, mm-hmm. and that was our parking garage where they set us uh, that's our right. temporary studios. Uh, I know about a statue uh, there. You don't remember his name, uh, Larry? Yes, Larry. Yes. was the Doby. Doby. Yes, Larry Doby. He was the first member of. The he was Hall Jackie Robinson of the American League. Uh-huh. Uh, by yes. the way, that stadium there, that was where we almost got shot by the Secret Service when they detected radiation on us as we walked back into the arena. What? Yeah. yeah. We I don't de- remember this story. We were detained. And, we couldn't, night and it was because of radiation, sure. I Thursday think night. Like no. Thursday night of the convention. We're walking back into the gate, and it's out in left field, basically, of the baseball diamond because the convention center itself was across the – it's right next to the same adjacent little area. And we got stopped by the Secret Service, and as they were going through and checking us again, I look up and way up in the uh, third – you know, fourth area, fourth balcony up there in left field are guys with rifles that are pointed at us. I don't know what you did wrong, but it was a tense couple of minutes. <laughs> it was it was rough. It was rough. But we got in. We were fine. Did not get shot by the Secret Service. More of this coming up next.
Oh, no. And so it Shannon. Oh. Alright. Uh, Oran just emailed and said, you guys are totally missing out. There's a song called I Like Beer. No, we know. We've played it. A I couple think, times. I don't think anybody missed out on that. That was, uh, was a while ago. Well, big story of the day. President Trump talked for about half an hour to Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein during their flight to Florida today for a speech to uh, police chiefs. Spokesman from the White House saying the two did not speak alone. Others sat in on Air Force One to their chat. We don't know the details, but Trump did tell reporters earlier at the White House he didn't intend to fire Rosenstein. Remember, there was a lot of talk about that happening after it was leaked that Rosenstein may have joked or said or not said at all about the prospect of wearing a wire with the president to uh, tape some conversations and expose the chaos that is the Trump administration, even talking about the 25th Amendment as well. Yeah, and I, I, just based on that report, if I had to guess, I would say he probably said it. But I could also see how he was saying it in jest. Like, come on, what do you want me to do? Wear a wire? So and then people out of you know context can read it and take it to mean something. I'd like to just spend a minute to talk about what happened on the program today internally. This morning we were in the office. And we were talking about the day and the show coming up. And Nick said, "Oh, hey, you guys." I have a sword in the car. Hang on. Oh, I thought you were talking about the shoes. Specifically a katana. A katana. And I said, hell yes, go get that thing. Let's take pictures. By the way, let me also say as a sidelight, anytime Shannon endorses something by saying, hell yes, it's a good idea, chances are it's probably not. Right, but it can lead to a lot of fun. Hmm? Yes. Um, Or arrest or physical mutilation. Well, that's what happened today. Uh, Nick was worried about how he was going to go down to his car, get the katana, and get past security with it. And then I told him to take the freight elevator. And what happened was okay, also, the Nick, show began, and I kind of forgot about it. But then you kept playing the song and singing. And I was like, like Nick, go get the sword. I'm going to threaten Gary's life with it. Take the freight elevator so no one sees you. And then I'm in here, and we get a phone call from someone who needs Nick. He's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to I'm be found. running up and down the hall because it, we're trying to book someone. It was mm-hmm. one of those reporters who were trying to figure that out. And, and, I, up and down I booked the hall. them for the record. They were already booked. And yeah. I'm going, Nick, Nick, where's Nick? I run down to see if he's with Ray. I run to the kitchen. I'm all over the place. Well, Can't find Nick. Nick had gone down to the garage to procure us the katana, katana, the sword. Um, it should be known that it's not Nick's sword. It's his girlfriend's. And she sent him a text message that said, hey, be careful with the sword, honey. It's sharp. About 45 minutes late, she sent that text message. Timing is everything. So what happened was Nick took that freight elevator down to the garage, got to his car. And then what happened? And at no point, Nick, did you go, maybe I shouldn't listen to Shannon? I was excited. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Okay. I was, I was giddy. I get it. And then the sheath came off. <laughs> and the sword. I said, whoa. And I said, put it right back in. And uh, I went to the bathroom. And I triaged myself. There was blood. There was blood. Everywhere. In the downstairs bathroom. In the trash can part, yes. Blood. Everywhere. <laughs> bloody tissues. Bloody toilet paper. <laughs> bloody paper towels. 
It's a freaking crime scene down there. I thought I might need stitches and need to go to urgent care. Yeah, Blake said it was really deep. Uh, so Blake helped it me. It looked pretty deep from the blood that I saw in the moments. And then uh, <laughs> I got fixed up with a couple of Band-Aids, and right now things are looking pretty Who good. Was but your, for about uh, an hour and a half, he had his hand above his head well, in like a power salute. Probably with a uh, yeah, with a with a fistful of bloody uh, towels. It was pretty it had a bloody. Fist mitten situation. It was touch and go there. It was for a solid hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, so what did we learn today? That you should. What did we sing learn today, Nick? Anymore. Yeah, that's well, the lesson. That's the no, takeaway. you drove me to the sword. I did not drive anybody to the sword. You live by the sword. <laughs> you get your fingers cut by, by the, the sword. sword. <laughs> you don't die, but you get your fingers nicked. <laughs> nicked. <laughs> Pleasant. And they're your high of, blood pressure. They're kind of tender. I'm not going to That's lie. why it squirted out so profusely is because of the pressure underneath there. Oh, yeah. You're not on blood thinners yet, are you? I am not on blood thinners, okay. no. John. I'm not on blood thinners either. Oh, okay. That's probably a good thing. How are you? Uh, very good. Good weekend? Yeah. Lots of watching sports. Good. Oh, isn't that good? This was a good weekend yeah. for that. What's coming up on the show? John Cox coming on at 5 o'clock. Oh, uh, good. He had a debate with Gavin Newsom no, no, today. No, 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 Don't say no, no, debate. Debate, debate is aggressive. It's a, debate. It's it was a, a conversation. conversation. Oh. The word debate is insensitive. Con- connotes yeah. arguments and is a microaggression. It triggers uh, people. Is that right? Highly inappropriate for you to use the word debate uh, when it comes to the well, product that we heard this morning. Almost everything we do is uh, a microaggression. Uh, pretty macro, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, more like yeah. macroaggressions. Yeah, There's No micro. Well, well we're going to discuss it because I'm sure there were dozens listening on public radio at 10 in the morning. Uh, I don't know about dozens. Uh, <laughs> it might be a little high. Oh, Ten in the morning. Uh, the host of the show, though, his name was uh, his middle name is Ambien. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that until we listened to portions of it. He opened it up asking about a, a about Kavanaugh, like like anybody running for governor of California's has anything opinion to do is with relevant. Supreme Court justice. <laughs> oh, oh, he was trying to be so relevant. Yes. Well, that'll do. Uh, it sounds annoying. I didn't listen to it. John and Ken up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. L-A-T-T-I-H-T-B-D. Look at the time. I have to be going. Gary and Shannon.